0: Batman Universe Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast episode number 25. I'm your host Dustin and as always we have with us...
1: It's Apple. This is Savannah.
0: And We are bringing you all your latest movie, TV, merchandise, video game news from the last two weeks. Our spotlight character for this episode is going to be the Cavalier. And we are going to continue in our feature talking about... Batman video games with a discussion about the Dark Knight video game, as well as what us three would like to see in video games in the future. So let's go right into movie news. There's only a couple things altogether in news to report, but on January 21st, there was a little comment that Liam Neeson made with MTV, which is kind of interesting because the interview was done by MTV, and it was the exact same guy who did the interview with Aaron Eckhart who got his unusual answer about coming back on Batman 3. Let's just play the clip, and you can hear what he said himself. Have you, um, you know, obviously there was another Batman film this past year, yes. very well received. Did, yeah. you, did you see Dark Knight? Were you uh, a fan of it? Oh, I did. I did. I, uh, I thought it was uh, very dark, very entertaining,
2: wonderful performances. Uh, if I had a quip... I'm splitting the hair. It was too long. Mm. But uh, but the tapestry of the story was, was quite wonderful.
0: Now, what happened? Razagul was immortal. You said it like five different times in the first film. Come on. I know. Are you disappointed you didn't get him back into it?
2: No, I wasn't too disappointed, but you never know.
0: You, know? <laughs> you
2: never know what'll happen.
0: Yeah, there's always going to be a third one. There's got to be a third one. I hope so. Does yeah. Chris Nolan have your number? Uh, yes, he does. <laughs> he does, actually. <laughs> Alright, so is Razel Gul coming back? I don't I wouldn't say that was a definite that one wasn't nearly as cryptic as Aaron Eckhart's response. It was basically if Nolan wants him to come back, Liam Neeson's for it and no one's got his phone number, so
1: very good news.
2: <laughs> that would because, be very interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah, it would be awesome. Another Liam Neeson appearance would be excellent.
0: Now on to the huge news of the last two weeks The Oscar nominations are in On January 22nd they were announced Now before we get to The bad news Let's go through the good news The good news Mm -hmm. is The Dark Knight was nominated for 8 different awards And they are Visual Effects Sound Mixing Sound Editing Makeup Film Editing Cinematography Art Direction And Heath Ledger got the nomination for Best Supporting Actor unfortunately it did not receive the best picture nomination best director best screenplay or best score
1: or best score or best score Yeah,
0: but it did get eight so let's talk about that for a moment
2: now with the the art direction i'm trying to think of what other movie came out this year i mean i know it had the you had iron man out there so as far as competition but The art side, I think Dark Knight should be able to take it. Film editing, I mean, come on. It was perfect. That film was perfect. So it's got to take that. Makeup, what do you think, guys, think about makeup? I would think that it should be able to take that. I
0: guess the biggest problem is that Heath Ledger's makeup really wasn't makeup because they said it themselves that he put the makeup on himself. And as far as Two-Face goes, we know that was CGI'd, so...
1: Oh, I didn't think about that. And is it yeah. running against Benjamin Button in that category? Because if yeah, it is, it's in
2: trouble.
0: Exactly, and I'm pretty sure it is because... <laughs>
2: oh. Oh. See, and the, the, the sound editing, I don't know if... In, in the mixing, I, I, I know the mixing part where the sound was awesome. The editing part, I'm pretty sure that they're well aware that Christian Bale's voice was kind of edited when he spoke as Batman. So... Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to take that into consideration, too.
1: And I wonder if that's going to be a mark for them or against them. Because some people are really hate on the Christian Bale voice. voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of, that one's just kind of a, well, it's kind of up in the air.
2: Right. Now, visual effects. Oh, my God. Some of the, uh, I'll describe the scene right now to you. In Hong Kong, when the Skynet comes and pulls them up, and the music starts even right there. Everybody was like, oh, that is bad. <laughs> you know, that's an awesome scene. <laughs> so vi- visually, that took everybody's breath away. You're like, oh, wow, that is awesome. And then the music is like just kicking in you. And you're like, oh, Batman is bad. He is a bad man. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's just one of many visual effects that they use throughout the movie that it made it spectacular. So, Here, once again, I know that is, you know, is going to probably go against some tough competition, but Dark Knight should be able to take that one.
1: Yeah, especially, I mean, Two Face goes in that category, I would think. His Mm -hmm. visual effect. So that's pretty, that was an achievement, I would
0: think. And then we have to just, you got to throw in the the semi flipping.
2: Oh, Oh, yes! Yes, that whole yes
1: sequence with the helicopter stuck and everything.
2: And we gotta blow up a building. That was awesome. <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah, we should we should we should be able to take those. I hope so. And Heath Ledger, come on. He he's gotta take best supporting actor. He's gotta yeah. take that.
0: I, mean, I don't think they he's, he's gotten every single award for this role to this point so it would almost be basically a shotgun blast in the face if he didn't
2: because
0: everybody recognized him for it
2: yeah I mean even his peers recognized him for it so Oscars better listen about that you know
1: yeah the academy wouldn't go against the golden globes and the SAG and everybody that just loved that they would just they would not want to do that to their fans deny him that honor.
0: Okay, so then, of course, we've got to talk about the little bit of bad news.
2: Now, the, the
0: real question is, what is it really going to take for a superhero genre movie to get an Oscar nomination? I mean, honestly, I don't really think that there's anything out there that could even remotely compare to what The Dark Knight did, but at the same time, you've got to look at it like this. There is absolutely nothing that should have kept this movie from getting a nomination. Now, yes, some of the other movies that did get nominations, some of them deserved it. Some of them, I've, I've seen them all, and honestly, there's a couple that it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Batman fan, so obviously I'm going to sway more towards the Batman, but as movies go, there, for instance, the movie The Reader, that movie does not belong on that ballot.
1: Yeah, the fact that you saw it is surprising, because I think you were one of, like, four people in the U.S. that saw that movie.
2: (laughs) I see everything. You know, (laughs) I might be a Batman
0: fan, but I'm a movie fan at
2: heart. The snubbing of this, I don't know if Batman fans really care about the Oscars, but they really... They should really feel that in, in some way they were kicked in the stomach because this is a virtual slap in the face to not only fans, but comic book fans that are, if, even if you're a Superman fan, Green Lantern, X-Men, Spider-Man, this is a kick in the face to you guys because they are telling you that they are not respecting your genre. They're, they're not respecting what what you like, what you care about, and they... Really didn't even care about the box office, what brought it into the box office. But I can guarantee you this, that any member in that panel that voted and saw The Dark Knight could not tell you that they were not blown away. But the choices are that standards have kind of been set to where they choose an artsy film. They have to choose an artsy film because we knew that. Even before the Oscars came out, we always know that they always go towards artsy kind of film. And they would not go to The Dark Knight. Because Dustin, we talked about it in the previous podcast way before this. You know, would we get a nomination? Could we get it? And we were all believing we stood a shot. And again, our predictions came true. They always go towards artsy films.
1: Yeah, that's kind of disappointing, though. Because you would think that, I mean, on some levels, The Dark Knight is pretty artsy and edgy. And Chris Nolan is just a director that likes to do things I mean he did the IMAX thing he likes to be on the vanguard of what's going on he's just seems like he's kind of like what the academies always wanted as far as I mean he's kind of artsy but he makes money and it's not a common combination so I would think that they would have embraced that but they decided to shun us
0: yeah I mean the the thing is that I think what it ultimately comes down to is Chris Nolan is going to turn into the Martin Scorsese of our generation. Martin Scorsese has had made tons of movies, you know great great movies and it took him, I think it was like I can't remember the number off the top of my head. I think it was like eight nominations before he finally won. And because Chris Nolan is just starting off, they're like, well let's see what he can do. Now the good thing is that if he comes back for Batman 3, which I'm predicting he will. As I predicted in the past, if he comes back for Batman three, that's like kind of like an ultimate goal. Let's make it even better than the last. We already were getting rave reviews. If we make it better than the last one, there's nothing that can stand in our way. And the problem is back going back to something that Apple said about big money movies getting the nomination, the second biggest money maker of all time in you know second only to Titanic. The amusing part was Titanic won all of the awards that year. But it was a horrible, horrible year for movies. There was like Music. nothing there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Amusing was the right word because that was like
2: nineteen ninety seven. And I I even watched Titanic because then I wouldn't even watch Titanic. <laughs> I just wouldn't even watch the part where the shit went down. But I got caught up in a love story. I was like, What is this crap? <laughs> <laughs>
1: They sucked you in with good visual effects.
2: I know. They were like, oh, come see Titanic. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it was
1: not as spectacular as I thought it was.
2: No, but and see, the thing is that Dustin, Dustin has a point about Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, as we witness it right now, if you were a basketball fan in the early 90s, you were seeing Michael Jordan come into his own that's the same moment right now where Christopher Nolan is starting to come into his own and you know, he's like virtually unstoppable with any, you name any movie from his past. I mean, this guy has a knack to hold the audience and he, he just has that one gift as being a director that a lot of directors, I mean, they just don't have, I mean, they're, yes, there's very good stories out there and I mean, they're, they're listening to other people, but if you notice that Christopher Nolan is always hands on, I I mean we're we're watching something very brilliant from Christopher Nolan right now and like Dustin said if it if it has to take to Batman 3 to make it even that much better you can bank that Christopher Nolan is going to do that.
0: All right, one thing that I wanted to read was one of the listeners from the podcast he calls himself Dark Knight Dave. Every once in a while he'll send me an email and I had to read this email on on the air because it just is perfectly Saying everybody's feelings about the Dark Knight and the Oscars, so he writes, "Dear bad friends, I'm writing to you to voice my displeasure in the Dark Knight being passed over by the Academy." For a Best Picture nomination. What's a billion-dollar movie to do? Apparently, popularity and financial success do not qualify for such an honor. Nor does the bravado performance by Heath Ledger garner it enough attention. I know, I know, it's the genre. But what are movies, if not escapism? Surely, Christopher Nolan's vision for this movie was embraced by people on a global scale. Yet, still, it is not accepted by the Hollywood elite. I feel insulted for Christopher Nolan, and all who worked so hard to make this movie the masterwork that it turned out to be. I can only find solace in the fact that it may well be the most popular and successful of all time until Christopher Nolan and his team make another that is. And then one last thing that he said, he said on a scale of one to five batarangs, I give the Academy a zero unless it's one for their collective foreheads for a lack of courage.
2: Woo. <laughs> yeah. I hope the Academy heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I really do. I hope that there are Batman fans out there that that recognize this, and at the Academy Award, just line up like how we did for the viral marketing. Just have nothing but fans out there, dress up like Joker's and Batman's, you know, just just a kind of po- poke at them, letting them know, like you know, you you really kind of messed up.
0: All right, so that's enough to talk about the Oscars. Going on to the 23rd, The Dark Knight was re-released in IMAX in some theaters across the country and the world. I'm not going to go into reading all of the location as we post it on the website, but I know that The Dark Knight is still playing in some theaters and IMAX still throughout the country and the world, so go out there and check it out at least one or two more times before we, you will never be able to see it again in theaters or IMAX.
1: If only to stick it to the Academy.
2: Exactly. Oh, that would be so awesome if Batman fans could just come out and just go to the movies like that. But yeah, when I went, there was about, i say about 70 people that filled up the theater again, and I was was pretty happy about that.
0: Alright, so that moves along to January 25th. The Screen Actor Guild Awards were handed out that night, and Heath Ledger won Best Supporting Actor. And The Dark Knight also won Best Movie Stunt Ensemble. So that is two more awards to tack on the board for The Dark Knight.
2: Well deserved.
1: Yeah, that was an exciting thing to watch. I actually watched the SAG Awards, and I'd never even heard of a stunt award, so I was kind of pumped that my favorite movie had won an award I'd never heard of. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Let's put a smile on that face.
0: (laughs) Alright, so that's going to bring us into TV news. Really nothing to report, they are still putting out new episodes of Batman the Brave and the Bold, so make sure you go check those out on Cartoon Network, if you're in the United States, Teletoon, up in Canada, and across the world, you're going to have to check them out online. Alright, so that's going to bring us right over into merchandise news. Only one thing to report, the DC Direct announcements came out on the 20th, and there are just a couple of different things. The first one is an Arkham Asylum action figure box set. And the solicitation for this one reads, Beware the denzines of Arkham Asylum. The Cape Crusader and and three of his deadliest enemies are collected here in one insane box set. The four figures, all featuring brand new colors, are packaged together with a 64-page book featuring stories that offer rare glimpses into the lives of some of the notorious residents of Gotham City's home for the criminally insane. Stories included are Escape from Showcase 95, number 11, Working My Way Back to You from the Batman Chronicles, number three. Penguin Dreams from Batman, number 585. And Fool's Errand from Robin, number 85. And that's going to have Killer Croc, the Joker, Penguin, and Batman in it.
2: Yeah, and that's going to have the Joker in the straitjacket. So, ooh, that's a must-buy, too.
1: Yeah, it looks pretty nice. And the book has some pretty... Some of the stories are sort of old, and at least I don't have them. So, should be fun to get some new stories along with new action figures
0: all right so the next thing is batman black and white batman by david mazzuchelli statue now as we all know this is just another one of the black and white statues that are coming out this one is based off the art of david mazzuchelli and this one is the dark knight as he appeared in batman year one that is going to be available sometime next summer and it's going to be 80 dollars
2: yeah, this is a must-buy. When they announced the Black and White series, I thought Dave was going to be one of the first statues to come out. But much like the George Perez one and the, the, the Jim Lee, I mean, all the guys. But this one, it makes it so special because this is the pose that was on a lot of ads when they were doing the announcements for Batman Year One way back in the day. So this pose is very famous. For anybody that recognizes that, it has those issues of those comics Oh man, this is an awesome pose, and I can't wait to own this thing.
0: All right, the next thing is a Harley Quinn one by two scale bust. This is going to be two hundred and ninety five dollars. It's sculpted by Andy Bergholtz, and this is going to be available September thirtieth, two thousand nine. I'm sure the date's going to change between now and then, but as of right now, that's what it's going to be.
1: So I have what, eight months to save up two hundred and ninety two dollars.
2: Yeah, the, and the, the detail on this, even the clothes you can feel, because uh, I have the Joker one, I'm actually waiting for mine to come in, but you can feel it, you can touch it, the cloth is, like, high quality. The, I mean, these statues are amazing, these busts right here. So, I mean, yeah, for 295 someone says, wow, that's a lot of money, but if, you, if you're if you able to go to the comic book store or wherever you're able to see this, man, you, you'll be able to know the quality of this thing.
0: All right, and then the last thing is Arkham Asylum poker set based on the success of the Joker poker set, the Dark Knight Joker poker set, they're coming out with a new one. It is $199. This unique poker set includes two standard four-color four-suit 54-card decks featuring both Arkham Asylum residents and Gotham City heroes as well as 304 colored poker chips. In the colors of black, blue, gold, and gray. This set is presented in a deluxe locked metal carrying case, which is packaged in a four-colored box. Also included are two keys to unlock the case, five black dice, and four-color certificate of authenticity that appears as a card in the deck. This thing is going to be available September 23, 2009. So that's when you can look forward to that
2: see and i own the joker poker set and i I love that poker set it was awesome i wish they would have gave me more time i'm gonna have to you know see if i'm gonna be able to get this thing because i already own the joker poker set but man arkham asylum they they just want all my money that's all they want to (laughs) do
1: yeah i like the idea of the poker set because it's like you can almost interact with the characters it's just kind of fun And I like Mm. board games and poker games.
0: I I guess the only downfall is that it's $200 and it's not really meant to be played with. (laughs) I know. (laughs) know, See, I would
1: get it and play with it and people would be like, what are you doing? (laughs) You're playing with that?
2: (laughs) I would break that out on special nights. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's brilliant.
2: (laughs) Alright, so then that brings us into video game news okay guys the biggest news so far for the video games is all stuff from arkham asylum now if you remember back in episode 23 we told you that new screenshots were going to be coming out and boy that they just released a whole bunch of stuff they released a whole bunch of screenshots of course you can find the new screenshots on the batmanuniverse.net go ahead and view all the new screenshots but the biggest thing is that they released the new trailer guys and the new trailer looks so cool it looks like we've been waiting for something like this for like a long time guys what we're gonna do right now on the podcast is actually play the audio clip of the trailer of batman arkham asylum here you go guys Supposed to break out of here. Don't be a stranger. He surrendered almost without a fight. I don't
0: like it. At least he's back where he belongs. Get
2: up! I set a trap and you sprang it gloriously! Now let's get this party started! <laughs>
0: There's no escape, Joker.
2: I don't want to escape! I'm
0: having way too much fun! It's over, Joker. Over? Why, my dear delusional dark
2: knight hasn't even begun (laughs) okay guys now that was the end of the trailer and you can go ahead and see the trailer if you have not seen it go on to the batmanuniverse.net go ahead and click on video games or you can click on the front page to go ahead and view that trailer and right now what we're going to do is get savannah and dustin's reaction to the trailer
0: amazing that's all i can say Amazing, amazing. It was
1: like a movie trailer. It was just there's there's no word. That's why Dustin had to make up a word.
2: <laughs> you know what? I loved how you know how when the Dark Knight came out and they were using why so serious, why so serious everywhere? I loved how the Joker said, you know, I set a trap and you swung it gloriously. I think I'm gonna oh, be yeah. using that on the forums yeah. like forever. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> because that that was so awesome. And Kevin Conroy. The only thing I I was kind of like Amba was the Commissioner Gordon's voice. I was hoping they would still have the ones from the 90s. But in the video game trailer, man, that Commissioner Gordon looked like he could kick some butt.
1: Yeah, he was pretty cool. He looked like he reminded me of somebody from the SVU or something like that. I don't know. He just looked like he came off of Law and & Order. And his voice was pretty cool, too.
0: Now, my one complaint is Mark Hamill is a Joker, great. Thing is you can tell he's getting old.
2: Mm. <laughs> and
0: I, I I hate to say that because you know I'm a huge Mark fan, Hamill fan as the Joker, but honestly I'm I'm listening to the same thing, and, you know, I shouldn't say just Mark Hamill, it's Kevin Conroy too. They sound like they're getting old. It seems like Arkham Asylum is could be turning into Arkham Asylum for the elderly. <laughs>
1: I didn't think Kevin Conroy was that bad, but yeah. It's, it's not
0: as bad, but Mark Hamill, you could definitely tell, especially when he's laughing, it sounds like he's cackling. <gasps> yeah, that was the
1: thing when he laughed, and yeah. But it wasn't as shocking to me, because I'm also a Star Wars fan, so i I know pictures of him and stuff like that, and what he looks like now. I don't just care about his voice. <laughs> and he's been getting old, looking faster than his voice. So I was like, okay, it's catching up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't notice the, the tone in the voice, but I mean, who knows? Maybe it could be the way that they were asked to, you know, to, to play the role. You know what I mean? Since it's, it is a video game type where, you know, of course, we're all drawing back to the animated series. But I mean, to, to even, even have this new stuff from them. Oh, man, I was like, oh, man, I, wanted, I just wanted to jump before joy when I saw that trailer. And the Batmobile, it had like an 89-esque type with a little bit of New Jim Lee-ish kind of style in it. So that looked pretty cool. I hope we get to drive the Batmobile, but, I mean, as the title says, we're going to be in Arkham Asylum, so.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The Bat- It was kind of weird that they designed, like, a new Batmobile if it was just in that one little scene, so maybe... Maybe we get to crash through some windows or something. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Or downloadable content. Hint, hint. Mm -hmm. Idios. Hint, hint. (laughs) As far as video game news, guys, we're going to go into our feature about the Dark Knight. But as far as video game news, that's all we have, guys. We'll see what the truth is.
0: All right. So that's going to take us right over into the spotlight character. And as I mentioned earlier, that is the Cavalier. Cavalier is a fictional supervillain in the DC comic universe. He first appeared in Detective Comics number 81. It was created by Don Cameron and Bob Kane. The first Cavalier was Mortimer Drake, and he was a man of exotic and idiocentric taste. When he found himself unable to purchase more exotic valuables for his collection legally, he resorted to theft. Donning a costume resembling that of a musketeer, he called himself the Cavalier. His course of actions ultimately brought him in conflict with Batman and Robin. Drake matched wits against Batman and Robin several times and escaped them in each encounter, but Batman was able to deduce the Cavalier's identity, leading to Drake's eventual imprisonment. In Batman Family No. 10, Batgirl and Batwoman teamed up to defeat the Cavalier. Cavalier couldn't find a way around his code, which prevented hitting females, but after a self-examination, he concludes the devil with gallantry and hit Batgirl with his fist. A few issues later, in Batman Family Number 15, Killer Moth bet Cavalier that he could find the way into the Batcave from Batgirl before the Cavalier could get it off of Robin. While Killer Moth was led to a fake cave, Cavalier was shown a large nest, to which the Cavalier came to the conclusion that Robin was an alien bird life form. Wow. That's
1: crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that was interesting.
0: (laughs) Cavalier appeared in Justice League of America number 44 as a group of supervillain drinking buddies who were trying to regain their lost items of power. He was defeated by a blue beetle who clotheslined him in an alleyway. In recent years, Cavalier has become insane and is kept in Arkham Asylum. During nightfall, he Faced Batman once again, but was defeated with ease. It remains to be seen how Drake became insane, or if his origin has changed because of the first crisis. One year later, he appears in Justice League of America number two as an informant for Black Lightning. The Cavalier is in a closeted gay relationship with Captain Stingray, another low-level Batman villain. Wow. Alright, so then there was a second Cavalier, and his name was Hudson Pyle. In Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, number 32-34, through 34, writer James Robinson and Tim Sale introduced a new Cavalier by the name of Hudson Pyle into the Batman official continuity of his story arc, entitled "Blades." Since Blades takes place early on in Batman's career, Hudson Pyle is actually the original Cavalier, and therefore may have influenced Mortimer Drake. In Blades, Pyle, an ex-Hollywood stuntman looking for fame, becomes a cavalier, a masked, crime fighting vigilante that brandishes a razor-sharp sword, quick wit, and a handsome smile. It is not long before the people of Gotham fall in love with the new hero. While Pyle's motives and actions are revealed to be honorable, he harbors a dark secret, which ultimately leads to his downfall. Pyle is in love with a woman who is being blackmailed by gangsters and as a result of this winds up being blackmailed as well. In order to save his love, Pyle is forced to commit burglaries and thus loses the confidence of the people. Pyle soon kills the gangsters. He comes in conflict with Batman, defeating him in a sword duel. He leaves Batman, who is unable to move due to a leg injury, and purposely charges nearby police officers. He is gunned down and dies of his injury powers and abilities of the Cavalier is that he has no superhuman abilities. He is, however, an athlete skilled to hand-to-hand combat and a swordsman. He carries a rapier that emits electric blasts. The feather plume on the Cavalier's hat is actually steel tipped dart. The Cavalier appears in a five-page backup story in the Batman Adventures number one. His portrayal is a cross between Robin Hood and Zorro and stealing from those he perceives Rich and slashing his sword in that person's clothes. And the Cavalier will be appearing in an upcoming episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold as mentioned last November.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder which and
2: one that,
0: it'll be. Most likely the Mortimer Drake one, but I'm sure we'll never even know. Good
2: point. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's
1: The life stories of those two are just extremely depressing (laughs) I mean one of them is like blackmailed and then dies a horrible death and the other one is has clear issues and then becomes insane I like the idea that they say he becomes insane when I think he was insane before (laughs) but wow (laughs) I wonder how they're going to handle that on the Cartoon Network you know new lighter Batman show (laughs)
0: Be interesting yeah yeah all right so moving right into our feature as mentioned in the last podcast we are going to be talking about the dark knight video game and the unfortunate news of it's not going to happen and then after we talk about that we're going to briefly talk about what we would want to see in future batman video games so let's dive into the dark knight video game now the first time we ever heard of anything about the dark knight video game was well back in July. I take that back. It was probably even further before that. We heard rumors of their possibility of being a The Dark Knight video game probably back in April or May of 2008, before the movie came out. And our rumors were kind of reiterated and need to be true with an interview with Gary Oldman. The video game, I saw a tiny little piece of it. They're trying to get it so that when he's gliding... That it's a sort of there's a feeling in it that you've never really felt before. That the game doesn't stop and start. They're trying to build it in to the to the system, almost like watching the film. Sure. That it's a continuous thing. Um, but I mean, I'm on the rooftop. I mean, my figure just stands there with the backlight. I don't do it. I don't do anything. I'm really boring. I go, you know, Batman, we've got to get out of it. You know, and he goes and dives off the building. I'm Jim Gordon, boring Jim Gordon. On
2: the okay. Now, off of that clip, that was like fuel for the fire thinking, okay, where's the, where's the Dark Knight video game? Now, as most people know, is that when you have a big movie come out, you got to have the video game come out. Warner Brothers had that much like how with every Batman film that's ever come out. And even with the, what was it, 2006's Superman Returns, they had the Superman video game. So where was the Dark Knight? Everybody was wondering. Game sites were just like, where's the Dark Knight video game? Where's the Dark Knight video game? Dark Knight fans, I mean, with Batman fans, you know, of course, you know, we're going to try to find out everything we can. We found out Pandemic had it. Now, Pandemic was working on this, and the way it's going to look is that it's EA's fault. However, there were things that were going into the video game that I think weren't fully addressed at the initiation of the start of the video game. They wanted to integrate open world. Now, from some of the screenshots we see, it's just basic screenshots, but there is a screenshot where you see an overview of one of the cities, and it looks like one of the islands, like how how Gotham City looks. If you've seen pictures of Gotham City's map and stuff, you can see it's kind of like relatively familiar to one of the kind of like the city islands. When they were going through there, the, the budget seemed to have been going over. So... It got to the point where EA was putting millions of dollars into this video game or should they just stop it and save $50 million? Okay? And so fans already knew that Pandemic had it. Pandemic's website had Projects A, B, and everybody was assuming that the Project B was for, of course, Batman video game. On their boards, people were going on, when's the Dark Knight video game? Come along, give us some info. And the thing was that, I mean, it it just seemed like it was doomed from the get because it didn't come out with the Dark Knight. So it, it, it lost millions of dollars, not just releasing with that point. Finding out is that when EA decided to cut their losses, they cut Pandemic Brisbane. Brisbane was the one that were making the Dark Knight video game. And, of course, reports now, after the fact, we found out that in December... EA lost the license to the Batman franchise to do a video game. So with that loss, they just cut their ties. They cut. They cut the project. They disbanded the studio. They saved fifty million dollars. And, and EA's. If you're gonna look at it both ways, you're like, damn, EA, why did you do this? <laughs> you know, why did why did you stop it? Batman fans wanted it, but at the same time, you have to look at their from their business sense. If they cut it. They save $50 million and in this, of course, tough economic times. That's a real big savings, even though it hurts us Batman fans through the whole year, guys, we were always reporting the podcast because we're getting reports. We get reports that oh, the game might be canceled. Oh, we don't know where the game is. Then we get a report that on a website that it is coming out. It's coming out for the 360. It is coming out for the PS3 and it's, it's still a goal. And it wasn't until the last moments, even until even until this last month when everything just fell apart and then you see some developers that were working on the video game started to release their stuff, started to to show us glimpses of what might have been. And that's, that's a real sad fact that we're probably not going to be able to play a Dark Knight video game. The interesting thing is the
0: stuff that did come out from the developers that were working on the game... There were some screenshots of the environments. And then there was a video of a guy chasing another guy. It was a very simple 3D animation video. But it almost seemed like the stuff that they were showing was in no way possible to be a open-world game. So it's probably stuff that was put together well before they even came up with the idea of making an open-world game.
2: hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of doing the project because much like how grand theft auto 4 is like a huge success because it is open world that's what fans want they 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 want that co-op they want that multiplayer aspect and even earlier in the year ea executive had came out and said we are not approving any project unless it has multiplayer capability so i think that played in a part into the plans of the dark knights changing people think like oh well Heath passing away you know he wasn't going to be able to do the voice well i mean guys a lot of movies they don't have the actor's voice in there they have someone that they've hired to kind of sound like it so was he ever going to do the voice we don't know gary oldman was going to do the voice for commissioner gordon so it kind of leads us to think that you know maybe maybe i don't think he was a type that might go in there and do it. But, I mean, we never know, guys. I mean, we'll we'll probably really never know until, you know, they come out and talk about it more. But, but yeah, I mean, what Dustin was saying from the early screenshots, from that aspect, when you can think that, okay, it was looking like a single-player game where all the screenshots all say that, the open-world aspect is this one map that's unfinished, uncolored. So could that have been the doom of the Dark Knight where they were shooting for the Dark Knight release? The EA executive coming out saying we're not approving any projects that are not having any multiplayer capability. Push the project further down to where they think they can have it out by the time the license is coming out where it's due, where they may be able to renew it. Weren't able to renew it and voila, the project was dead.
1: Yeah. Sounds like a just a bunch of things sort of snowballed. They didn't agree with things, and I don't know. There were like, I mean, how many different companies had to work together to get this done, and it just didn't seem like they were all communicating at all. That's just sort of sad for us.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, the thing is that when EA purchased Pandemic, they already had dubbed Pandemic the, the maker of the Batman video game. And, of course, gamers already knew this. Game sites already knew this. I, I think from that aspect, it was kind of already doomed because the rush from EA to get this project out by the time The Dark Knight was out. In pandemic, they're they're a wonderful, great studio. I mean, a lot of people know their games: Mercenaries, Star Wars Battlefront, the new Lord of the Rings Conquest video game. I don't know. Maybe they were just a, dealt a uh, a bad hand from the get go.
1: Yeah, it's weird that it was that this kind of thing comes out from pandemic because it's like you said they everything they've done has been a success. So yeah, kind of feel like it was not their fault just because they do everything so well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's very unfortunate, but that leads us into what we want to see in future games. Now, the first thing that I would love to see is, I want to see this open world concept for a Batman video game. This idea, I mean, it's basically, if you're listening to the podcast, you're not very familiar with video games, or you're not familiar with the terms we're using. Open world, it's very similar to what they did with the Spider-Man video games, Have a city, you can basically go wherever you want in the entire city. Do little missions, big missions, stuff like that. That's what open world is. Grand Theft Auto is an open world game. Most people would probably know what Grand Theft Auto is more so than the Spider Man games, where you can basically go all over, and then as you progress in the game, you can go to different areas of the city. That's open world. And with Batman, I think it is crucial for a Batman video game, to have something like this. Specifically because that's what Batman does. He patrols the skies of Gotham.
2: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's a perfect combination. And, I mean, even back as to the PS2 days, people were asking for open world for Batman. The open world aspect is perfect for Gotham City. Now, the thing is that how would people go about creating the city? How would people go about You know, putting that in there. And of course, you would know that if you have an open world, we want to drive the Batmobile. We want to swing on those buildings. We want to do all these things that Batman does that we read in the comic books, that we've seen in the cartoons. We want to do all these things. And we want a game company to give us that.
0: Yeah, I mean, not only do I want to drive the Batmobile, I want to be able to drive the bad boat. I want to be able to fly the bad wings. I mean all that's all the I mean the Batman has so many different vehicles, so many different gadgets. I want to be able to use all of them. I mean, I think about Grand Theft Auto and how you know basically you could use whatever vehicle you want, you could use boats you could you could even use planes and helicopters and I think to myself, why can 't we do that with a Batman video game? That would be perfect and then on top of that i want to be able to travel back and forth i want to go to the back cave i want to be able to use the back computer to actually enhance the game
1: i think they could do the the open world more successfully than past video games that were open world where you kind of just didn't know what to do i mean they could use like you said use the back computer to do that you can easily say oh oracle called an a mission or something and i mean that fits in perfectly with whatever story it is and You have something to do, and you can still explore Gotham. And, I mean, open world is just perfect for Batman because Gotham City is almost a character in itself. So I hope that they look at this as an essential part of the games that they do.
2: The thing is that even in the back here, we see all these entrances that Batman's had all around the city. If you want to get to one part of the city quick, take that tunnel, like how Batman has it. You know, he has that, that access to that area. And I'm just thinking, someone at WB, because I don't think it's really DC, I think it's someone at WB that has the rights and saying, okay, we have a Batman video game, are they just handing it to them and say, okay, give us what what you think? Because a game company, they, they, they got to know this, they got to know, let's open up Gotham City, it's never been done, it should be done by now. And I, I don't know what they're thinking. If someone an executive over there is not, you know, if he doesn't love his job as much to go ahead and try to get Batman fans the, the thing that we want, what we eager, hey, hire a Batman fan and they will tell you what we want. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> listen to the podcast. We can tell you what Batman fans want. As
0: long as you are actually going to be putting us on your payroll as your <laughs> ideas creators. The other thing that I really would like to see in a Batman video game is The open world thing would be cool. Having the Batcave access to all the different vehicles and gadgets in the Batcomputer would be awesome. But I want to be able to have the detective aspect be able to be used. I don't want it just to be bam, pow, slam, and that's it. I want it to be more than just beating up thugs and villains. I want it to be you actually have to solve things because that would make it that much more about Batman.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: So includes right.
0: stuff like puzzles to solve and stuff like that to proceed on. So that way, it's not just you run through the game and you randomly beat some people up, and that's how you beat the game. No, I want it to be a little more than that. The big thing right now is people using the the small puzzle games. You know, to you know, you're trying to get into a building, and you've got to connect the circuits and stuff like that. They're using that stuff in a lot of games, so it's something that. All the stuff that we're saying here it has been done in other games, so it's not like it couldn't be done.
2: Right, and, and the game that you're perfectly describing is by a game developer, Bethesda. They've done Oblivion and they've done Fallout 3, which are successful. They can go ahead and give you that aspect of a large world, but also giving you the, the ability to get in depth with that character to to get in there, learn that character and, and, and grow that knowledge and not make it an easy game. Man, we could beat a, a regular game in eight hours. Give us something that can make us last for days. You know what I mean? Like with Vesta with their video games. I mean, go on for 30, 60 days. Keep, keep going. It's not an MMO type of game, but it's large on that scale. But you know, also does, you got to have either some sort of co-op or an ability to where you can invite someone maybe that's online invite them to your world and they become joker riddler penguin or someone and they hatch this plan against you okay and let's say you're in the Batcave cave and you're right there and you got to solve the crime see where they're at or, or or see what they're doing that would be awesome that's another aspect of a batman video game that fans want to see
0: i, I kind of see that idea i'm not sure how exactly it would as far as the villains but to take that a different way you you can invite friends online to be in the same i guess world as you and you guys can choose what batman ally you want to be because i think that would be kind of cool and right. basically yeah. open up all the different allies since there has been so many different ones mm-hmm. so that way you could play with up to like six to eight people online got Batman, Robin, Jason Todd, Nightwing, Batgirl, Oracle, Azrael, Huntress, Spoiler. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And you give the mm-hmm. ability to have people be able to play those characters. And everything's basically the same. I mean, all the characters use the same basic gadgets, the same basic, you know, skills. So it really wouldn't be any different. The only person, is, like, if you're going to play Oracle, you'd be more computer-based. You'd be the home-based person. And if you were Huntress, you'd have a crossbow. But besides that, there really isn't any difference between the characters. So that would be something that would be extremely easy to do.
2: Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, I was going to say, even be a Commissioner Gordon. Maybe you don't get to go to the back end. You know, Batman could swing by and pick you up or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting to be smaller characters if you wanted to play with someone. But I was also thinking when you were talking about solving the puzzles and things, I mean, they could go even go so far as to, I mean, like a CSI type thing. They've done that in games where you have to actually find evidence and you can have people help you and things like that. But And you have to go maybe to Oracle to process it and things like that and get other characters involved, but also use your own skills beyond just beating up villains. So they could really make this very involved and interesting and really keep you in the world
0: and honestly i think if people actually made the game the way we're describing it right now it would be as popular as like fallout 3 and some of these other big name games because you're incorporating all of the things that are from these games you're just applying it to something that people already know and enjoy which is batman and I mean, it would have been perfect if something like this could have happened around the time of the the movie, but unfortunately, as we know, that didn't work out. But, we've got, you know, roughly about two and a half more years until the next Batman comes out, if not longer, so this is something that could be started right now, and realistically it could come out at the same time the next movie does. Now, I'm not sure if you could be able to actually incorporate it with the movie, so it might not work like that, but you could you could... Put it out there the same time with the success of the movies, like they did with Lego Batman.
2: Yeah, right. an idea I had, and I even submitted this proposal to EA. And this idea was as far back as Batman Begins. As everyone knows, I'm a huge Batmobile fan. The thing that I've always wanted was that I wanted a real, true, dedicated Batmobile video game. Now. Here is the thing. Remember Gotham Racer? We had talked about that in the last podcast where you could play in the Batmobile and go around Gotham City. I wanted a multi-massive area. If anybody's ever played Test Drive Unlimited, you're on the island of Maui. And it is so huge. And you have a whole bunch of cars. You could drive around the island. And driving around the island can take you at least a good maybe two hours nonstop. If you could just drive around that island. Maybe an hour and something. But that tells you the scale of that video game. I had sent a proposal to EA that I wanted to go ahead and you know share my idea of having a Batmobile video game in a multi-massive area. Of course, it's going to be Gotham City. And just have it huge. Like If you drive around that city, it is going to take you at least two hours to drive around it. The thing is, what was going to make... You know, the difference was that not only were you going to be able to have the Tumblr, but you were going to be able to have every Batmobile from the comic books to the TV shows to the cartoons and have them made realistically and have those, all those different aspects. If you can imagine Gotham City paired with Gran Turismo. And just have all these vehicles. And a lot of people, you know, they might not know that, you know, Batman has had, like, hundreds of Batmobiles over the years. And have these Batmobiles come out and just maybe if you can only supply 52 Batmobiles in the video game when you ship it, there's downloadable content. How about you bring out four more Batmobiles, four more Batmobiles later on? And... You know, it, it was a proposal I sent in. Of course, they never responded. I, you know, it, it's just a fan's hope that, you know, someone will respond over there. Maybe someone at WB or someone is listening on to this. And, you know, I think that's what Batman fans would like to play, too. I mean, if you're able to go in there, choose your own Batmobile. Whatever year that you love or whatever you like. I'm talking even back to the 40s. Whatever Batmobile you love able to drive around gotham city and of course have missions objectives, even time objectives you know what i mean that would be fun you know to me as as, you know a batmobile fan i i you know i would consider that to be fun now
0: one of the interesting things is a lot of a lot of people don't realize this but the fact that now we have the ability to do downloadable content that opens up humongous windows of opportunity you can put a game out like, the the open world aspect game we were talking about, and then you have downloadable content that offers more Batmobiles, like Apple said, or more characters that you can play with. Stuff like that. I mean, there's so many things you can do, and that, and because they're downloadable, they don't have to be done the same time the game has to be done in order for it to go to the manufacturer and then ship. So, that's opened up huge windows for everything, too.
1: Right. It's like, an endlessly developing video game it could be amazing the batmobile game i mean i love even just basic racing games i've got a ford one of those cheap little ford racing games that like come with the system and <laughs> i play those forever i mean a batmobile game you could not get me off the uh, whatever i played it on <laughs>
2: that's what i'm saying i mean if you can have you and your friends let's say dust picks the the new animated series batman one from 98 that batmobile you can have that batmobile i'll take the 89 savannah you take whatever batmobile you want and here's the thing the thing is that it's just not going to be open to batmobiles you would have the robin cycles even a robin even robins had cars too And the thing is that the villains can have their own vehicles. I mean, can you imagine Joker running around in, like, his kind of vehicle, the cars, the trucks? He's had vehicles throughout the years. So we're not just talking about solely Batman's vehicles. We're talking about other even... Uh, other villains. I mean, we can have Nightwing's bike in there. We can have Two Faces, like uh, almost like Tank. I mean, it's kind of kind of hard to describe, but it's like almost like a tank truck. You know, you can have all these there. I mean, you like Dustin was saying, you don't have to have it in the initial release of the video game. You can bring that on later on in downloadable content. You know what I mean? And I, I mean, it's an idea I've had since two thousand five, and I, I just don't, I just don't figure why. Someone in WB is not being as creative as Batman fans. I mean, if, if you're a fan, you, you already know what Batman fans want. I mean, why not ask us? Why not clung to us and say, what do you want to see in a Batman video game? Hey, all right, here you go. Here's a whole list. You know what I mean? And like we were talking about the open world, the action, the detective aspect, having that side, even having where you can have eight friends join you and become Nightwing, real Commissioner Gordon, Batgirl, who, whoever. And then you even have another one where you can be, and the Batmobile video game can turn into something like Rock Band, and it's just something like, just, I mean, how many people download downloadable music just to play on their guitar, the PS3, Xbox, or Wii? You know what I mean? It's just stuff that's out there, and I don't think, I don't know if they're being, you know, they're not creative enough to think about this, but, I mean, come on, an open world video game? to even a Batmobile video game, just, just even the vehicles. I mean, people are going to go on, on there and just download these vehicles. You release a new patch or a pack of vehicles, and they're like, oh, there's Catwoman. Oh, there's, you know, penguins. You know what I mean? Yeah, you I know, mean, it's just great? It's things that people want.
1: What would be great was if you could download the, remember from the 60s movie, those umbrellas that Penguin rode? That would be great in <laughs> <an> a racing game.
2: <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs>
1: So there's just endless numbers of vehicles, endless numbers of gadgets, endless characters that they could do. It's just, it's all endless.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, in, in the end guys, these are just some of the ideas that we have. Fans have those too. And so my next podcast, we're going to be sharing that. So, you know, go on to the BatmanUniverse.net forums and join us, go into discussion, share your ideas and next podcast, we'll go ahead and go through
0: them. Yeah. And just- for those of you out there who don't know, you should by now. We have brand new forums that Apple spent a lot of time building for the website. So head over there. Brand new. They're not the generic little... I, I, I don't want to say crummy because they serve their purpose, but our old ones, they're nowhere near. They're much more professionally created, and they are a lot more in-depth as far as everything. So... Head over there, click on the video games section, and then go to into the section that says other video games, and there is a thread that says, what do you want to see in Batman video games? And on the next podcast, like Apple said, we are going to discuss all the things that you guys want to see. And even if they are the exact same stuff that we've said, we still want to hear it. And we'll read them on air. It'd be great if we could get some like overall great ideas for an entire game that ...don't necessarily match up with what we're referring to. That would be cool, too. So head over there. And that's going to wrap the feature up for this episode. But as always, go on to iTunes, leave us a review. There should be no more confusion of which one to leave a review... ...because the old podcast feed is no longer on iTunes... Leave us a review on iTunes. You can email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net and head over to the forums and you can leave all your comments and concerns and suggestions about future podcasts and this episode there under the podcast section. So this is Dustin.
2: This is Apple. This is Savannah.
0: You've been listening to episode 25 of the Batman Universe podcast. We'll see you guys next
2: time. Take care, guys. Thanks.